You are listening to Hope for Women with Father Wounds, episode 14, God the Father is a Provider. I am your host, Kia Stevens. This podcast is for women who have experienced pain in their father-daughter relationship as a result of divorce, abandonment, abuse, incarceration, addiction, or a physically present but emotionally absent father. The aim of this podcast is to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Today, I'm going to be talking about the attribute of God the Father as a provider. Now, when I thought about today's attribute, I could not help thinking about how many times I have heard this phrase in my life, God is a provider or Jehovah Jireh, my provider. If you have spent any length of time in the universal church, you have heard it too. In fact, my grandfather was the pastor of the small Baptist church that I grew up in until he became unable to do so. One of the scriptures I heard him say often was, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 19. And then he would add, and ain't nothing on the other side of all. Towards his latter years, he often repeated some of the same statements and phrases over and over. And this was one of them. God being a provider was not something he questioned or had doubts about. He firmly believed this was true until he took his last breath. I memorized his words Ain't nothing on the other side of all, but I really didn't know what they meant until I discovered that I had a few things I inadvertently placed on the other side of all. What I think he meant by this phrase, the other side of all, was that God can provide all of our needs, including the things we deem impossible for him to provide. This represents all the things we think God either can't or won't provide in our lives. Maybe we all do this in one way or another. Maybe if we probe a little deeper into our hearts, we will be able to identify what we have placed on the other side of all. It may be a relationship that feels absolutely impossible. Maybe it's a lifelong struggle. Maybe it's a problem so painful and difficult to discuss that we have reason. God is not a provider for me because if he were, he would have resolved this issue in my life. For me, it was the intangibles, things that I could not see or touch, but were overtly aware that existed in my life. Things like emotional healing, security in Christ and encouragement. We are used to believing in God for the healing of a sick loved one or sometimes not a job or a financial blessing. But praying to God for intangibles can be a little foreign. But if we believe the Bible is true and that God cannot lie, then that would mean that God, no matter what he has or has not provided, is still a provider. This is one of the attributes of God. He is a provider. This means he makes available what we need. We see this name for God first in Genesis 22 and 14 that says, So Abraham 
called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The power of this statement by Abraham is not as meaningful when you are not privy to the background story. Abraham, previously known as Abram, had an experience with God. In Genesis chapter 12, the Lord came to Abram and said, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Here, Abram received a promise from God that he would be a father of a great nation. Yet he had no children and he was 75. Abram waited for a child for 25 years. During that time, he may have dreamt about his unborn son, who he would become and how God would manifest the covenant in his life. He may have been tempted to place his unborn son on the other side of all. But God was faithful and Isaac was born. But then God asked the unthinkable of Abraham. God asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son. What in the world? Not only was he asking for Isaac to be sacrificed, God was asking for Abraham to do it. He could not pass this test on to a servant. This was what God was specifically asking him to do. Scripture does not give any indication of how this news impacted Abraham. It does not say he cried, protested, stomped his feet, yelled, screamed, or even questioned. God was essentially asking him the same question he asked us. Do you trust me? What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Do you trust me to provide the things that you have placed on the other side of all? And so scripture says in Genesis 22, 3 through 4, Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He did not give himself time to question. Did God really say this? Or maybe I should think about this. Abraham demonstrated immediate obedience, which is a struggle for me. Scripture says he took 
with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. When they arrived at Mount Moriah or present-day Jerusalem, Abraham tells his servants to stay with the donkey and that he and Isaac will go and worship and then they will come back. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac and he carried the fire and the knife. This is similar to how the Lord Jesus Christ would carry his own cross years later. Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Isaac was not a small boy here. He was old enough to ask questions. Scripture does not indicate how old Isaac was, but he was old enough to reason and analyze detail because he asked a very logical question. We have everything but the sacrifice. Where is the sacrifice? For those of us who have had the pleasure of being in the presence of any inquisitive, thoughtful child, we know most of the time one question is followed by another and then another and then another and then another until the curiosity in the mind of the child is satisfied. But here Isaac accepts the response of his father. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. As Abraham was trusting God, Isaac was trusting Abraham. Both Isaac and Abraham trusted and believed that God would provide as Abraham built an altar. Still, there was no lamb. They were still trusting when Abraham bound Isaac on the altar and laid him on the wood. Still, there was no lamb. They were still trusting when Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Still, there was no lamb. Can you imagine the tension in the silence? God allowed Abraham to go as far as he could without actually sacrificing Isaac. And Isaac watched the whole thing transpire in silence. Surely at some point it must have crossed his mind that he was indeed the sacrifice. Surely Isaac must have questioned why he was bound on top of the wood when he had witnessed his father tie an animal in that place so many times. It is possible that Isaac may have been afraid. Maybe there were tears coming down his eyes as he lay on the wood and watched his father raise the knife above him. Then in verse 11, the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. The emotion must have been overwhelming. Abraham must have breathed a deep sigh of relief. He would not have to go through with the sacrifice of his son. God had been faithful yet again. Years later, however, Jesus would be the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. He was God's own son. He was the son God sacrificed. He took away the sins of the world and God would do what he did not require of Abraham. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. Prior to this, the scripture makes no mention of Abraham detecting a ram in the thicket. Up until this point, Abraham thought Isaac would have to be sacrificed. God allowed Abraham to get to the place where the knife was in his hand before the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. How many of us would have been able to get to that place? 
I know that I would have been tempted to go and search for a ram or something that I could sacrifice instead of my son. And this is the place so many of us get tripped up. Instead of waiting on God and trusting him, we get antsy and try to resolve situations on our own. But Abraham demonstrated what it looks like to trust God when you don't see any other way out. In the nick of time, God came through for Abraham and he will come through for us, although it may not be in the way we desire. Abraham named the place the Lord will provide, not he might provide or he may provide, but the Lord will provide. So my question to you is this, what do you have on the other side of all? God is able to be a provider for us too. In order to experience his provision, it may mean that we need to stop trying to resolve and control things on our own. It may mean that we need to sit in the tension and the silence of the unknown while believing against gnawing doubt that God will provide all of our needs, just like the Bible says he will. By relinquishing control and choosing to trust, we can embrace God's provision. He is able to provide all of our needs. He is a good provider, not for some, not for a few, but for all who choose to place their trust in him. God shall supply all of our needs. And honey, ain't nothing on the other side of all. Whether your dad is deceased, absent, divorced, unavailable, incarcerated or you don't even know who he is sis there is hope for you hope to be healed hope to be secure hope to be free completely free hope to be satisfied with the love of god yes there is hope for women with father wounds this was episode 14 god the father is a provider of hope for women with father wounds i am your host kia stevens join me for episode 15 Exchanging Father Wounds for God's Love with Lisa Whittle, Part 1. Hope for Women with Father Wounds is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review so that more listeners can find us. You can learn more about Kia Stevens and her ministry, The Father Swap, by visiting kiastevens.com and fatherswap.com. This episode was produced by me, Kelly Givens, and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts, just head over to lifeaudio.com. felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name's Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.